pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. Yes, sir. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN AM 1250. Now on 103.3 FM. We're on the go at com. My name is Michael Jimenez, your host from 12 to 2. We do sports, pop culture, and nostalgia on halftime. And we are in the dark. James Fledger is producing this show with me. The lights have gone out. The generator has kicked on. But the lights in the studio are out, so it's very intimate. If you're following along on Facebook or YouTube, you can see that I don't even have a computer to run this feed. I'm using my cell phone. <laughs> very Blair Witch Project. But Are you you're... running through the woods? What's going on? <laughs> I know. I, I, You know what? I'm a little bit frightened because normally I have my notes out. Normally I have my laptop out. I can check my phone because I, I follow along with my notes and whatnot. But this entire show is going to be off the top of my head. I'm pretty excited about this. But Pledge, it's been funny, man. It's been an interesting morning because right now, though it is dark in the studio right now, the generator kicked on and we have lights in the hallway. And for some reason, we have a TV that still works in here. The board <laughs> works so we can actually produce this show. Our stream yard works. <laughs> exactly, man. But uh Hope everyone's safe out there on the roads. It was dangerous being going on the roads earlier today. You know, R&R in the morning, they do it from home. The Blitz from 4 to 7, Joe Ryan Eagle and Jason Minix later on today, they're going to do it from home. But Pledge, you and I have to brave the roads, man. I had to go 25 miles one way <laughs> in freezing rain. Uphill, yeah. in the snow. Exactly. I feel like Veronica Corningstone and Anchorman. I cannot deprive San Antonio, the listeners, of my sports takes, of my pop culture and nostalgia. I'm not going to let freezing rain do that. But man, this is going to be a fun show because, again, seat of our pants right now. We haven't had time to prepare for much other than the fact that we're trying to figure out what works in here, what doesn't. Somehow what works is the ring light yeah. that is in this room. This one, too. Yeah, so without the ring light, I'd be looking like... You just be seeing my teeth at that point. I kind of feel like you know, buckling guys. Let's have a nice campfire story. Gather around the ring light. Yeah. And what's funny is that the lights came back on for like a brief moment and then turned back off and then back on and then back off. So it might actually work at some point, but uh, as of right now, it doesn't. I don't have internet access. I just have a ring light, a cell phone, and my boy pledge, and I also have my memories because. Since the ring light works, I thought this only reminds me of the 1990s when Conan O'Brien was in his prime. Do you remember this? In the year 2000. We would be doing radio by ring light with nothing more than a microphone 
and soft lighting. I would tell my wife that I'd be okay because the vending machine has food in here, but it's no longer working. In the year I brought water and you brought peanut butter and jelly, but forgot the bread. <laughs> in the year my wife told me, take some pajamas. So I brought t-shirt and chonas. Because that's how I roll. In the year I would bring my Iron Man fleece blanket and a pillow just in case the weather turns bad after the blitz and I can't leave. <laughs> In the year we'd have no power in the studio, but somehow we'd have a TV and this might turn into a slumber party. <laughs> in the That the lights in the radio station would go out and it would become so dark <laughs> that I would turn down the hallway that was so dark to go into my room off to the corner and run into the wall because I couldn't <laughs> tell the difference between a dark hallway <laughs> and the wall. In the Alright, man, I'm done with Conan, but that's so funny because, again, what works in here is the ring light. I don't know what's connected to what. I have zero clue. Apparently, I'm not even sure if we're technically going out over the air right now. I know. So if you want to reach out to us, you know, Facebook, YouTube, we're live right now. Just search San Antonio Sports Star, like, and subscribe. I'm assuming the Kobasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656 ESPN. Frank Valdez reaches out on Facebook, and I'm looking. It says, in the year 2000, hell yeah. You know what? That's the nostalgia that I like. Back in the day, back when I was at Southwest Texas State, Conan O'Brien was a big deal. But uh, simple times minus the wine, says Joanne Tomko. Very nice. Hey, uh, welcome to the show. We will talk sports eventually. Maybe. I don't know. You know DeJount... How much prep work have we done? Very little of it. But I do know this. DeJounte Murray finds out tonight whether or not he's going to be an all-star. We'll get into that around 12.15. At 12.30, breaking news, Brian Flores, who filed that lawsuit against the NFL is apparently a finalist for a gig as a head coach in the NFL. We'll tell you what team. And also the conspiracy theory that Pledger was telling me in the dark about this a while a while ago. That's at 12.30. <laughs> that sounds so weird. I know, we're in the Pledger dark. Pledger was telling me a conspiracy theory in the dark. <laughs> uh, at 12.45, it's Groundhog Day. So we got to talk about that movie. Is it one of Bill Murray's top five movies of all time? But again... Welcome to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Pledge, it's going to get down to 25 degrees. By the way, if there's anything <laughs> funny out there, let me know because I can't see the type in here. So Gabriel Chacon on our Facebook Live says, y'all just need to find Ryan Eagle's can of Tresemme and light it up. <laughs> Dude, Joe Reinagle does have the best hair of everybody here at San Antonio Sports Star, all of Alpha Media in general. But uh, Pledge, on the road today, how was your trip over here? Because you didn't get on the freeway. I did not. I managed to stay off of Bitters. I just stayed on the access road, got onto San Pedro, came all the way down and took the feeder down to uh, Fort Sam. 
to get here. So usually uh, there's that huge way up in the air overpass right there at the airport coming off 281, getting yeah. on to 410. I was like, nope, not going to do that this morning because I woke up at like 640 and I went to walk outside and it was like 32 degrees or 33 degrees. And then when I got my car at 930, there was ice on my car and it <laughs> dropped to 28. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. You showed your tell right there that you're from Houston. You called it a feeder. It is the access road, dude. That's it's a feeder. We, no, it's the access road. I speak on behalf of San Antonio. It's access road. If you want to call it a frontage, I guess. But the feeder is what you call it in Houston. You know, I drove over 20 miles one way over here. I live uh, outside of 1604 in Petranco, about three or four miles outside the loop. And uh, I didn't think anything of it, man. It was pretty empty on the roads. Didn't think anything about it. Um, no slipping and sliding, but I know it's going to get worse later on because come seven, uh, seven or eight o'clock tonight, we're talking about temps dropping to 27, 26 degrees in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. You know, in the hill country, it's usually five to 10 degrees cooler. So it might be in the teens to the low twenties over there. The rain may have stopped, but what's on the ground could turn to ice. You never know. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not going to dry up throughout the day. And if schools were out today. I don't see them coming out tomorrow, right? So I know my kids are in Northside ISD. They were at home for, for today. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife at University Hospital, she was forced to go into work, but I have a hard time believing that people are going to work tomorrow. So stay safe out on the roads and, uh, you know, just kick back. Listen to some radio, man. Listen to us. Vitello Franklin on our Facebook live feed says, Joe's hair products can light an airport runway. And all I can think of is the end of Die Hard 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. That's awesome. But, uh, man, thanks for, for playing along with us. Again, the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN. We're live on Facebook and on YouTube. But it's uh, it's been a day. But one of the things, Pledge, is that I wasn't here last year when the ice storm hit or when the snowstorm hit and you were telling me earlier that you have uh, experienced some bad, bad reactions to this. Are you going back in time and thinking back to, to were you snowed in? I mean, what happened back oh, then? I have PTSD in the worst way. Not only was I snowed in and couldn't go anywhere. I actually ended up walking to a convenience store that happened to be open a couple of miles up the road, but Lost power, yeah. Lost water, <laughs> lost everything, and it was so incredibly cold that I remember I am I was in basically something very similar to this except sweatpants. Like I had a hoodie on, I had my pea coat on, I had a scarf tied, I had like three blankets on me, and at one point. I, because the only way I could stay warm was to like just go to sleep. <laughs> like my roommate thought I was dead at one point. <laughs> I feel bad because it was for like three or four days. The the ice storm, the snowstorm of last year, where all the power went out statewide, we didn't experience it at my house. I understand that uh, my house is part of the grid connected to the the, the fire department. Ah. I was like, it's either a hospital or a fire station. You're exactly. on one of those grids. So everyone's freezing their butts off. Me, I learned that during <laughs> Snowvid last year. Dude, I will <laughs> tell you this much. If and when we ever sell that house, we will make that a point that it did not freeze over. But uh, no, last year we just went out, played in the snow, came back in, watched Netflix, man. I mean, 
like it was like a vacation day at home. It was a staycation. Oh, and now I feel bad. But we had people come into our house and thaw themselves out. Some some spent the night as well. So we were at least a little bit of a mini hotel there. But uh, you know, last night I realized we didn't have any groceries, and my wife is telling me they're making a run on H E B. Like 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 the aisles are empty, and I'm there going suckers. <laughs> Going to H-E-B. Don't get me wrong. I love me some H-E-B. H-E-B is the greatest, greatest grocery store in the world. But when it comes to emergencies like this, that is the last place you should want to go because I'm a big fan of Culebra Meat Market. <laughs> and I went in there and I was by myself and, the, and every aisle was fully stocked. Went over there, bought $130 worth of groceries. Now, Pledge, have you ever been to a Culebra Meat Market? I have never been to Culebra Meat Market, but I'm gonna I'm gonna venture to take a wild guess yeah. on what they were out of when your wife went to H E B. Oh well no, she was just hearing stories from people. Oh, okay. Yeah, on people I, on I'm Facebook. venturing to guess they're out of eggs. Yeah. Milk, water, paper towels and toilet paper for some reason, because we think that, you know, we're just gonna go to the bathroom incessantly if we're home all day. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I went over there. I got a couple of loaves of bread. I got a bunch of uh, of oh, bread. Yes. I got lunch meat. I got uh, avocados. I got fruit. I got tortillas. You know, I got meat. I got all sorts of things, man. Cereal, milk. I mean, I loaded up last night. One hundred and thirty bucks. Now, keep in mind, if I had gone to H E B, that probably would have been a hundred bucks or ninety dollars, mm-hmm. right? You get that mark up there. But uh, Culebra Meat Market's basically a little mini grocery store. It has like five or six aisles, and it carries the essentials. You know, I got canned beans. I got uh, <laughs> chili. I got stuff for hot dogs. You know, stuff like that. couple of comments coming in. AD Singh uh, on our Facebook Live says, San Antonio loves to panic buy for sure. AD Singh, yeah. Texas cheer liquor. That's right. That's the one thing I learned not to run out of in an instance like this is just make sure your liquor cabinet is stocked because if you want to stay warm, stay drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald Schmicka says, I couldn't use my HEB gift card. To be true, I haven't gotten it yet. I think it's been delayed in the mail because of the snow. That's (laughs) funny, man. That's awesome. You know, uh, last night, I also wanted to get in one last workout because, you know, I saw this coming from a mile away. You know, there are some people like Pledge who don't check the weather. It's like you get surprised. You walk outside, it's raining. You walk outside, it's cold. You never check the weather, but I do. And I noticed that it was going to get down to the 20s later, you know, the latter part of the week. And I thought to myself, man, I can't work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. I have to move all my workouts to the front of the week. Last night, froze my butt off a little bit at CrossFit. But I'm glad I did it because I had all my workouts for the week. I actually have gotten back into working out this week. Very nice. Finally, I'm healed up. And I gave it a go, and I haven't felt any twinges or tweaks or discomfort, so I am starting to get back into my routine this week. Yeah, you were like an athlete, man, out four to six weeks. It was not good. Coming back in for reconditioning tonight, hitting the gym. But uh, welcome back to halftime. This is a good time. Again, sports, pop culture, nostalgia. We go till 2 o'clock. Everyone be safe on the road. Don't go on the roads if you don't need to be on the roads. You know, you need to be... You know, an essential employee, which is exactly what we are. We are essential. We have to come to the studio. Mm-hmm. Do I have to stay here till four o'clock in case uh, there's difficulty with the blitz? I, I'm, I'm not sure. 
to to be honest, but uh, Batello Franklin actually wondering if there's any news about the Spurs game tonight. He has tickets. You know what? Um, I don't have inter- inter- any internet access right now. So. I do, and I have received zero notification from the Spurs front office. Usually we'll get emails about things. Which is funny because this game is actually a, a remake. <laughs> it's a makeup game. From the from the fact that the Heat didn't have enough players back in, uh, I believe it was in December or so because of COVID issues, and uh, so they're remaking this game, and it's at the AT and T Center against the Heat. Spurs coming in off of a miserable loss again. You texted me how excited you were that the Spurs lost this game because again we want a better draft position over here, and I could not believe it because I had watched three quarters of that game, and I was like, oh, Spurs got this one. I turned it off and. I wake up an hour later to a text message from you saying, can't believe they blew it. But the Spurs are 19 and 33. <laughs> the sixth worst record, I'm sorry, the seventh worst record in the NBA. He coming in at 32 and 20 and are five and a half point favorites. But the big news involving the Spurs is one particular spur in DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. DeJounte Murray will find out most likely tonight whether or not he is going to be an NBA all-star for the first time. I say most likely because... Even if he doesn't make it tonight and it isn't named tonight, he could get in as a as a replacement player. Kind of like C.D. Lamb for the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb is making his first Pro Bowl appearance this weekend as a replacement. But tonight, on TNT at 6 p.m., there's going to be a little bit of a special going on, and they're going to name the reserves for the Western Conference All-Stars and Eastern Conference All-Stars. Pledge, how hopeful are you? How optimistic are you? That DeJounte makes that list. 50-50. 50-50. Which, which is, is a lot better than where I started. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, DeJounte Murray was named a finalist, hasn't been named yet, but a finalist for the Western Conference Player of the Month for January. But I'm taking a look at his stats. Man, his stats improved because back in the day, Pledge, mm-hmm. I say back in the day, this is like a month and a half ago. Back in the day. Back in my day. He was averaging... 18 points a game. He was averaging eight rebounds, eight assists, which is very good. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, he's kind of a fringe all-star at that point. You know, he's doing good. He's on the outside looking in. But he had a big January where he averaged more, more than 23 points a game. And he was flirting with triple doubles basically every game out there. So I'm going to give you some stats right now. Mm-hmm. This is the, the season stats for DeJounte Murray. His points per game have have increased to 19.6 points per game. He is now averaging 9.1 assists, which makes him fourth in the NBA and second in the West. When it comes to rebounding, he averages 8.5, which makes him 24th in the entire NBA. Keep in mind, he's a point guard who is 24th in the NBA in rebounding, 11th in the West, and amongst guards in the West, he is second. And when it comes to steals, he leads the league in steals. So DeJounte Murray is second among guards in rebounds, second in guards among assists, first among guards in steals. And he still averages around 20 points per game. He deserves something, man. He really, really does. But the West is loaded, and there's a lot of guards out there. And Andrew Wiggins is taking a spot that probably wouldn't have been given to him. But I think what's going to happen... I don't know if he's taken it. I do think Andrew Wiggins has earned it this year. He would have been outside looking in. I think he's having a good year. He's missed a lot of games. Probably a little bit more than he should have to, to make the All-Star team. 
Uh, I believe he's missed like 12 or 13 games. Um, but I, I take a look at it this way. I don't think he would have gotten in as a reserve. I think he would have gotten like an honorable mention. And what I question is, is whether or not the Western Conference, it used to be the All-Star game where the Western Conference would play the Eastern Conference and you'd have to actually create a team. Mm-hmm. But they don't do that. The The two highest vote-getters, LeBron representing the West, they basically select players from either conference. To It's like, it's like a pickup game. And because of that, does the West have to go out there and actually field a quote-unquote team? Can they go out there and only have five bigs and seven guards? Or can they have seven bigs and five guards that's what i don't understand i think the player like positionally on each side is the same how you draft them though is different like you can go with a small lineup if if you so choose if you're one of the captains like lebron or kd or mm-hmm. but i believe the way they're chosen is still based positionally now there is some hope if he's not named tonight because there have been some injuries out there lebron has missed some games Steph Curry has missed some games, but that might be rest. Uh, you know, you, t- you take a look at other players like uh, Draymond Green has missed some games recently because of injuries as well. So they can, it might be one of those things where they are named and then they step back. Maybe they get that that honor to be said, you are an all-star, but we know you're not going to play. Well, and there's also the possibility of players just opting out like they do in the Pro Bowl. Right. Well, it's not as as prevalent in the NBA as it is in the NFL. But they they are they're like I need to rest, like my hamstrings tweaked, or you know they yeah. they come up with the reason to miss. But for the usually, most part, they're usually taken aback because they are are preparing for a second season. There are usually push. two players that step back for whatever reason, injury or rest or whatever the case may be. So again, the announcements make is made tonight at six o'clock. If Dejounte is not named. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's getting snubbed. He might get in through the back door. I know that with DeMar DeRozan a couple of years ago, we were hopeful that he was going to make it as, a, as an all-star. And then not only did he get snubbed the first time, but a second and third time because mm-hmm. he wasn't named as a replacement the first time or the second time. And I was telling people at that time, that was not an all-star caliber season. What DeJounte Murray is doing right now is better than what DeMar ever did with the Spurs. Speaking of people... Uh, pulling out of all-star contests. Zach Martin recently, Tyron Smith. Yeah, yeah. Like the Cowboys, Dak Prescott declined an, an offer to go, which is why Kirk Cousins is in. So the Cowboys are yeah. down to basically CD, Micah, Trayvon, and Brian Anger left for Pro, as pro bowlers. Let's, let's say that again. Pro bowler Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Come you on, man. Dude, he and Dak have the same stats. I understand that, but neither one of them deserved it. So, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were the two. Dak wasn't named originally. So, so if Dejounte Murray gets in, then you're not giving him credit for being a Pro Bowler what are you, or an All Star. What are you talking about? Like, if somebody's like, "Ah, oh, I can't play because this," no, and Dejounte no. Murray goes in, it, it, it's completely different. How is it completely different? It's the exact same scenario. No, because in the in the when it comes to a quarterback, right? When it comes to a quarterback, there are only 15 in each conference, or in, in each conference, right? Mm-hmm. And because of that, what you're looking at is starting the seventh or eighth best one there, right? Because if you were to ask me who is the eighth best quarterback in the NF in the NFC, that's Kirk Cousins. 
who was the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the in the NFC last year. That's Russell Wilson. That means you're an average quarterback in your conference making an all-star team in the Pro Bowl. When it comes to DeJounte Murray, if DeJounte Murray is named an all-star, he is still maybe the third best, considered to be the third best point guard out of 15 that play in the NBA. So he's still top 20 percentile in the NBA, whereas right now in the NFL, you're, you're dipping down in some of these positions to the 50th percentile. Look, uh, I, I got you. No, I no, got you. That, you didn't you know, get me. No, no, court of law. If, if you agree with me, reach out to us on Facebook and YouTube. Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are also open at 656 ESPN. If DeJounte is a replacement all-star and is an all-star, he is still going to be, you're going to look at the rosters. You're going to look at the rosters. How many point guards are, are mm -hmm. out there? Three, four, right? So he's third or fourth in the NBA or in the Western Conference amongst 15 or 16 teams in the West. That's still top 20, 25%, man. And Dak was third, fourth, and quarterbacks chosen after Brady and Rodgers. And, he and, was and, the next call. He was the next call, which is fine. That's fine. It's but the same as DeJounte. It is it, the it, exact it is, same it, hypocritical it, argument. It, it is not, because I, I'm fine with Dak. What I have an issue with is Kirk Cousins being a pro bowler. What I have an issue with is Russell Wilson being a pro bowler. I'm fine with Dak. Dak led a team to a division title. Dak led a team, led one of the best offenses in the NFL last year. Again, they played bad teams most of the year. But Dak, if you were to say Dak was a, a Pro Bowl this year, fine. That's absolutely fine. Was he the top two or three in the NFL, in, in the NFC? He wasn't. That was obvious. But dipping into Russell Wilson, who had a terrible season last year, Kirk Cousins, who was mediocre last year, just is what it is, man. Just, I, I mean... To, 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 to equate Kirk Cousins being a replacement and DeJounte Murray as a replacement, shame on you. What? Yeah, no, no, yeah, it's I, the no, exact I, same no, it is It is not. Reach out to us. I'm at Mike ESPNSA on Twitter. Pledger is at I am Pledger. When we come back, there's a conspiracy theory that Pledge has involving Brian Flores, who dropped that bombshell lawsuit at the NFL. And I kind of buy into it, Pledge. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Predict the perfect score and win $50,000. We want more money. Presented by yeah, Deets Tractor. Guess now and win at sasportstar.com. Welcome back. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. No more. We're on 103.3. Give me the turnover chain, baby. We're coming at you during the break. We're coming at you from the QC Kinetic Studios here. A dark and intimate studio here because the lights are out. The generator is on. <laughs> Hear a little bit of, a, of an echo in here, by the way. I think it's your phone. Oh, my goodness. I'll turn it down. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where it's coming from. <laughs> that's better. There you go. Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. You know, it's one of those things where I need to have the internet to do things. And I'm just going to turn this off. Okay. <laughs> I, I need the internet to do things. And the fact of the matter is, is that, well, we are in the dark right now. The generator's on, so the lights are on in the hallway. Uh, I have a light on in here, uh, but the lights are not on. I have a ring light on. <laughs> to shine over my face and my notes here. But uh, lots to get into in this segment here. 
Um, you know, so the allegations made a couple of days ago by Brian Flores, former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, he's coming, the responses are coming back from various teams. The former owner of the Dolphins firing back, John Elway, who's the president of the Denver Broncos, firing back, saying that what Brian Flores is alleging is false. So if you have not been following the story, Brian Flores is a former head coach of the Miami Dolphins who was canned a, a couple of weeks ago, even though he led a bad team to the playoffs, and ha or not to the playoffs, to back-to-back -back winning seasons, almost to the playoffs this year. He's alleging that he was fired because he refused to lose, that he was fired and that he was offered money under the table to lose more games, $100,000 per loss, in fact. So that being said, you knew that the NFL would respond back. You knew that the Dolphins' ownership would have to respond back. And Dolphins owner Stephen Ross came back and called it false and malicious and adds that, quote, I am a man of honor and integrity, and the truth must be known. Now, keep in mind, the Miami Dolphins are not the only ones that are being sued right now. Also named in the lawsuit are the Denver, Bron uh, the Denver Broncos and New York Giants, because Brian Flores says that he was basically interviewed in bad faith, that they were only trying to interview him in order to skirt around the Rudy rule, which requires NFL teams to interview minorities before they you know, make a decision as to who the head coach is going to be. Now, right now in the NFL, there's only one head coach that is African-American, and that's Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. Now, Ron Rivera is, is a head coach as well. Uh, and you take a look at Brian Flores. Brian Flores is from Honduras, and I'm assuming that he has a background that is Hispanic and, Afri and African as well. Now, John Elway, who's you know an NFL legend, uh, issued out a statement saying that uh, he interviewed Brian Flores in good faith back in 2019. So he's a little bit insulted by all this. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are coming out and saying, hey, you know what? There's an, there's, a, there's an issue here. And a lot of people believe, Brian Flores, that there is some sort of systematic racism involved when it comes to hiring head coaches in the NFL. Again, we have seen coaches be promoted to head coach in the NFL without experience. And this guy has shown that he can actually lead bad teams to winning seasons. Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and he had no experience in the NFL, and he was kind of mediocre as a coach in college. There's other coaches out there, you know, uh, Rule in Carolina, who was really good with, with Baylor as a head coach over there, and had some success in, the, in college ranks, didn't have much of a resume in the NFL. He had one, but it wasn't as superior to, it wasn't better than what, mm -hmm. than what Brian Flores has. But uh, the interesting news from today, besides, you know... Can I counter? Well, Can I counter Brian Flores's yeah thing real quick? Because yeah. a lot of this is having to do also with the fact that he found out that Brian Dable was getting the job as he was going into interview for the Gi Giants job. Well, and that's, right? that, that's the whole point of the bad faith thing. Because the whole point of the Rooney Rule is to be considered for the job. And mm -hmm. if you're going to be offering the job to somebody else... And then interview them just to get by a rule, that's an issue. That's an absolute issue. So, mm -hmm. but uh, in just a little bit of context, the Giants also interviewed their own Pat uh, their own defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. 
mm-hmm. for the head coaching position, who was also being considered in my, in Minnesota before eventually settling on Kevin O'Connell last night, apparently, the Rams' offensive coordinator. Patrick Graham is a black defensive coordinator, correct? Mm-hmm. So I look at it, and what I see is they already interviewed their minority candidate. My thought process going into this, just objectively looking at it, is Brian Dable came in and blew them away. But they still had an interview scheduled with Brian Flores that they were going to uphold. But in the in this coaching ranks, when you're blown away by somebody, you kind of start to make a decision rather quickly because his services were also being sought after by that of Miami who was obviously not going to be in the Brian Flores race. So you have to come to decisions rather quickly because you're competing against other teams for the guy that actually blows you away in an interview. Now, here's the thing. Brian Dable is a very competent coach. He's a very competent offensive coordinator who who, uh, worked with Josh Allen and helped him out. And they're hoping that he does the same with the Giants quarterback as well. I get that. And if you're telling me that it's a case-by-case basis, I understand that. But what systematic basically means is that when you look at it in its totality, mm-hmm. there's something that is wrong there. Is it possible that the Giants, like you said, got blown away by Brian Dable? Sure. It is very, very, very possible. Is it possible that it was good faith that they were doing? Very possible. But the thing is, is that the numbers never lie. And the numbers that you see right now is that there's only one African-American head coach in a league that is more than 70% African-American. And Chauncey Billups, head coach in the NBA, former NBA star as well, talked about the fact that he's proud that the NBA doesn't have this issue because there were eight head coaching positions that were available this past offseason, and seven went to African-Americans, and they were primarily former NBA players. Ime Yodoka, former head, uh, assistant coach of the Spurs, being one of them in Boston. The the interesting thing about it, though, and Rudy Jay and I were talking about this yesterday, was that some of the African-American coaches that are being hired now are not being hired for long-term solutions. In fact, they're being hired to lose. Right? I mean, that's the thing. He, you know, and, and that hurts his standing, because why did Brian Flores not want to lose? Not, why did he not do that? He wanted to have a career. It's kind of have a hard have a career in the NFL if you lead a team to a, a, a one in fifteen or a one in sixteen season, it's very bad. And in the NFL, there's no lottery that needs to be changed. There needs to be an NFL lottery because right now, if you have the worst record, you get the number one spot. So I can see an owner who wants them to tank get pissed off because it is guaranteed in the NBA. It is not that way. The Spurs could lose every game in the world and still basically only have a fifty-fifty chance of landing in the top four. The NBA figured it out, and the NBA has figured it out when it comes to the hiring practice. But I'll, I'll, I'll just one last thing though. Chauncey Billups is right that the NBA has figured it out because again, the vast majority of players in the NBA are African American. My counter to Chauncey Billups, though, and the conversation that I heard on R and R in the morning or earlier today, is the fact that. Though 70% of the NFL is African-American, 70% of the stars are not African-American. So in, very, in many ways, you take a look at that. Who are the stars? If I was, if and 100% I was, of the owners. 100% of the owners. But you take a look at who are the biggest stars 
in the NFL right now. Biggest stars in the NFL right now have, have been Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, right? Primarily quarterbacks. Now, don't get me wrong. Dak Prescott is a, is, is a star. And what, we have Joe Lamar Burrow, Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Well, I don't know if Lamar Jackson, he's exciting. Oh, he is a superstar. He's a star, but I don't think he's a superstar because he doesn't have as many victories. He's kind of like at the same level as Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott is the quarterback of America's team, which puts him to superstar status. So it's kind of one of those things. But Lamar Jackson has an MVP and playoff wins and things that equate to his name being. I mean, he's he's Madden covers. I'll grant you that. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's not 70%. The biggest stars in the NFL are probably 50% non-African-American, right? Just is what it is. I don't think that that makes it difficult for the league to hire minorities but i think what it does though is that it 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 lends to the lens it, it gives it gives people the excuse to use stereotypes against people kind of like back yes. in the day when the, when the stereotype was you could not have an african-american quarterback because they can't lead a team they can't understand the playbook they can't be leaders i do think the rooney rule while in its intentions are great has an adverse effect in terms of what happens because people are especially people of fortune 500 companies which essentially these nfl owners are they are fortune 5 companies so they're going to hire people and put them in place and and work with people that they feel comfortable working with correct well in terms of and and in terms of just seeing eye to eye on the same goal and the same way it needs to be achieved and reports with brian flores especially reports of most people coming out of the new england patriot tree in general matt patricia josh uh, mcdaniels anyone who's come out of that tree become very hard to work with right one of one of the and and they they have their own perception of how to do things that may not align with whether it's the gm or the owner or whatever the rest of the groups are and that's always usually a tough thing to come together with is everybody has to have kind of the same vision on that upper level in terms of the way the the franchise should be going who you're comfortable with i'm sorry pledge is a cop-out it's a complete cop-out i'm I'm, not saying it's right or wrong i'm gonna tell you why and this is also for fortune 500 companies as well i'm not saying it's right or wrong but on top of that i i I, okay you know i was i was sales manager of the year for lincoln financial group in 2019 nationwide sales manager of the year i was the only brown guy at the ceremony Mm -hmm. okay and i made mention of that when i got my award Okay, I wasn't I wasn't like you know adamant about it, but I just said, kind of interesting that the only brown guy here got this award, right? And I and I and I thank the people at my office, Robert Canali, and 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 what he has done uh, for me and my career in that in in in, in my gig doing that. Uh, he, he's a fantastic man, and I'm glad that he took the the chance on me. It's amazing. I'm glad mm-hmm. that he did. I was very successful, and I hope to continue to be, but. It, it takes somebody to hire somebody and read the room. Yes. Okay. He hired me in San Antonio. San Antonio is more than 50% Hispanic, mm-hmm. right? So he needed to read the room that maybe I'm a, a, a good option for, for the organization. And that's the thing. You know, my daughter's in college right now. She's at LSU. One yes. of the great things about her going out of state and being at LSU 
is because she's meeting people that she would never have met here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. She's meeting people from the, from the South, from the Northeast, from different political point of points of views. Some people who are gay, some people who are straight, some people who came from broken yes. uh, uh, homes, some, some you know all of that. And because of that, she's going to be better in life because of that. But when it comes to when it comes to these these owners saying that they want to work with somebody who's who they're comfortable with. That's a dog whistle, dude. Not comfortable. See so, so, the same vision no, in terms of that's that's nonsense. Because but here's the thing, that's and nonsense. this is where I think the Rooney Rule is a little bit of a detriment. Because what's going to be the stigma that follows if look at Eric Bieniemy? Mm-hmm. He's interviewed multiple times for multiple jobs and has not gotten one yet. Right. And he is one of the hottest He's coordinators. He's a bad interview, over dude. The... He's a bad... Exactly. That's a, that's a, that Ex- right there is a that's, dog whistle. That's but, a dog no, whistle. No, no, no. But that's my, that's my point of why the Rooney Rule, while good in its intentions, may have an adverse effect, is that people see them interviewing for all these jobs and not getting them. So the common conception becomes well it's a bad interview he's not doing well in the interviews the enemy has scoreboard exactly brian flores has scoreboard okay and this whole vision and all that stuff all of that i hear that that that's a dog whistle and 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 for those of you who don't know what a dog whistle is uh and i'm not saying that this is what you feel you're you're, you're you are echoing you're, you're you're echoing what you hear mm-hmm. right the statements that you read from these owners and whatnot i'm not saying that that's what you believe but whenever i hear they don't interview well or they don't share the same vision, and I hear that stuff. That's a dog whistle for didn't want to hire a minority. That's what that. That's what I hear. Okay, uh, but on the other side, I know we're coming up on a break. Uh, Brian Flores was named a finalist of a head coaching gig. We're going to talk about that on the other side. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM twelve fifty and one zero three three FM. <laughs> This is Jason Minnick. You're listening to San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. On the go at sasportstar.com. If you're following along on Facebook or YouTube, you may have noticed something. The lights are back on, baby. Check cleared. (laughs) Gabriel Chuckle and reaching out saying the check cleared. Joanne Tomko reaching out on Facebook Live, wanting to know why Pledge took off his jacket as soon as the lights went back on. Heater kicked on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are certain things that are controlled that were on, and certain things, I guess, deemed not important as, you know, keeping the radio station going. This has been a fun show. We were in the dark the first 45 minutes of this show because the lights went out. Generator kicked back on, but the lights were... Only on in the hallway, but not the studios. Uh, but, uh, you know, interesting thing, man. Uh, we, we've had a, a very spirited debate today on lots of topics. Earlier pledge called DeJounte Murray the Kirk Cousins of the NBA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're standing by that. You're so sad. Why? You didn't say it that way, but that's how I interpreted it. I know how you're interpreting it, but it's the exact same scenario, so I don't I don't see how you don't get the correlation. Okay, we'll, we'll get back into that in the <laughs> 1 o'clock hour, and we'll be talking about the movie Groundhog Day on the 1 o'clock hours, too, too to start the second hour. Oh, poor Puck's tummy, Phil. But, uh, you know, it was interesting because you and I have really good conversations sometimes during commercial breaks, and you have a conspiracy theory involving Brian Flores, who is suing... The NFL, the New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, and the Miami Dolphins for discrimination, alleged discrimination. 
Um, you have a theory because he was named reportedly a finalist for a head coaching gig of the Houston Texans <laughs> pledges team, and the first thing out of your mouth was what? Oh, this is this is my deep dark conspiracy theory. I have an idea of a why he's a finalist and b if he gets hired. <laughs> so he is a finalist along with Josh McCown, who well, has no experience, no experience in the, in coaching. Watch all, but he's white. <laughs> he's, yeah, he has that experience. <laughs> he has he has the white experience. Yeah, he started on third base. <laughs> he's almost um, home. Jonathan Gannon, who was the uh, defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, first year as a coordinator, so very young in the game as well, but mm-hmm. has at least been a coach for a long time. Yeah. Um, and Brian Flores, who does have head coaching experience and very good head coaching experience. He also has ties with Nick Casario, the general manager there. Back in the days with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So they, I could see how the, uh, the vision may align for right, them. So, 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 There's so, your dog so whistle connect, word. So, so con- <laughs> con- there you go. So connect the dots as to what this means for one Deshaun Watson. Oh, there it is. All right, so my conspiracy theory is Texans look at the NFL and go, we got you if you got us. And so they bring on Brian Flores. Brian Flores is the guy they kind of wanted anyway. They get him in the building. He becomes the head coach of the Houston Texans, and the NFL decides and voices to the rest of the 31 other teams, look, unless there is an actual criminal charge levied against Deshaun Watson, we're not going to do anything. Boom! Conspiracy Theory 101 allows them to move him. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And here's the thing. If Brian Flores is, in fact, hired by the Houston Texans, means nothing for the lawsuit because they weren't named in the lawsuit just because you get a job someplace else doesn't necessarily mean that you weren't screwed over at the place that you sued, okay? But I can see how, from a PR standpoint, that would be a good thing for the NFL. And all of this is happening. This is overshadowing Tom Brady's retirement. Yes. This is all overshadowing uh, the, Super the Super Bowl. I mean, we're, you know, me and Minix and Ryan Agle and, and Rudy J and, and Rob, we're going to L.A. Yeah, yeah, for, for Super Bowl coverage there, right? Media week or Super Bowl week or whatever you, whatever you want to call row. it. Radio row. Don't even know what to call it, but all I know is I've got a ticket and I'll be there. <laughs> you will be doing this show with, with Carl, correct, all of next week? Yep. Take care of the baby. In- including, we're going we're gonna to take it out for a spin. Uh, we're going to be at Twin Peaks next Friday. Nice. Nice. Can I call in? Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. You're going to have equipment. You can just... Dial in on the tie line and we'll pot you up as long as there's not something going on. Very nice, man. We need to revisit you calling DeJounte Murray the Kirk Cousins of the NBA in the next hour. You didn't say it in those words, but that's how I took it. Well, I'm going to do some math for you as to uh-huh. why what I said and what you're saying is not the same thing, dude. You know it, what they say. What's that? I can find a, st- a statistic to back any argument <laughs> that I want to make. <laughs> Again, we're bringing up DeJounte Murray because tonight at 6 o'clock, the NBA announces who's going to be the reserves for the Western Conference and Eastern Conference when it comes to the NBA All-Star Game. Don't know why I'm holding a big old thing of jelly right now, but I brought peanut butter and jelly here just in case I'm trapped here with you for the next 24 to 48 hours. We have another hour of halftime to go here on San Antonio Sports Star. When we come back, we're going to talk about 
Bill Murray and the movie Groundhog Day because it is Groundhog's Day. I have no idea if Punxsutawney Phil actually saw a shadow, but I'll be looking that up in the break. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. It's hour number two of Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. On the go at com. We're live on Facebook and YouTube. You can follow along. Just search San Antonio Sports Star, like, and subscribe. The lights are back on. The first 45 minutes of the show, we were in the dark. I'm assuming it's because of the weather. But uh, having a good time over here with James Pledger. What's going on, brother? What's happening, Mike? Oh, man. I'm having a good time over here, just following along. Kind of just ad-libbing through this show, because normally we get here... And have about an hour, hour and a half to prep for the show, get things going. Uh, But today we didn't have any of that because the lights went out. But uh, you were telling me during the break that Punxsutawney Phil died. It's Groundhog's Day. February 2nd is Groundhog's Day. We we get to find out whether or not there's going to be more winter or six more weeks of winter or not. And you're telling me during the break that the actual groundhog that they use in Pennsylvania died? What happened? That's what I heard. Yeah, so apparently that groundhog is named Milltown Mel and died two days before the event, and I'm reading an article right now <laughs> saying that they had to find a replacement rodent. <laughs> so they, they No sugar cookie. We had to find a replacement rodent. Yeah, so they found the Kirk Cousins of Rodents. The DeJounte Murray? <laughs> of rodents. The replacement. The replacement <laughs> all-star here. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they checked him out, and apparently the replacement rodent saw its shadow, which means six more weeks of winter. And we're already feeling that. Like, like, like we didn't know this already, right? We, we, we're seeing this right now. We're seeing this right now because the roadways right now are very cold. It's going to get down into the mid-20s here in San Antonio tonight. It's going to be even colder in the hill country. So we're already experiencing this, but man, stay off the roads if you do not need to be on the road. At 155, when this show is over, I'm going to be in my car already yeah. going home. Go. And I will stay home. Be until with your it's family. Safe. Yeah. And if tomorrow's bad, it is real easy for me to throw on whatever's national at 12 to 2. <laughs> I don't even know. My my wife, Selena, is over at University Hospital right now. She also took an extra pair of clothes and a bag just in case. And I'm there thinking to myself, no, you get off work at 5 o'clock. It'll be 35 degrees. Come no, home. No, it won't. No. Have you seen the extended forecast? Well, it's it's supposed to get really, really cold, like below freezing around 7 or 8 p.m. That's in the 20s. Right now, we're below freezing as it is. Are we right now? Dude, we're like, I rolled in. It was thirty. Like it was thirty-three when I woke up at six forty. It was twenty-eight when I got my car at nine thirty. My kids are with grandma right now, which means slumber party. (laughs) I mean, we're in here. It's warm. We found out the TV won't go away. (laughs) I know the TV. I mean, even when the lights went out, the TV was still on. There's a convenience store right across the street. We're over here on Eisenhower Road. I'm, I'm sure somebody would like to send us food, maybe drop off a casserole, just something. But uh, Galdo? Uh, oh, that's amazing. Yes. Is that what you have on days like today? 
Yes. Is that the... When it's, when it's cold, okay. yes. I, and, and See, I, I don't know, I'm asking. I am pro-caldo, I am anti-menudo. Menudo is disgusting. Isn't that just kind of whatever's left over? Isn't that menudo? Menudo has hominy in it, I know that. And if you ask me what hominy is, I don't know. I mean, if you told me it was a vegetable, if you told me it was a spice, I don't know what hominy is, I know that it's in there. And menudo is an acquired taste, unlike me, because I'm an acquired taste that you'll get to like over time, because I'm typically a nice guy. Manula's an acquired taste in the sense that, ugh. What's in caldo? I don't know. No. Oh, okay. Is it tripe? I, I, have, I don't even know what these words you're using are. Now, caldo has, you know, meat in it with potatoes and vegetables okay. and whatnot. It's delicious. It, so it's it, like a stew. It is like the father of tortilla soup. It's like the father of chicken <gasps> oh, soup. I love tortilla soup. Tortilla soup's great. Okay, so it's in that same family over there, whereas menudo, I'm sorry, I know I'm losing Mexican points, losing West Side points as we speak, and probably some South Side points. When haven't you but on I, this show? I am who I am. I'm an acquired taste, according to some of the listeners. I mean, we had that promo going on. We had a couple of people calling in, calling me the acquired taste, because, you know, it's like, oh, am I going to like this guy or not? And then you eventually do... Because I grow on you. He's the acquired hypocrite. Oh, dude. <laughs> yes, I'm the acquired Skip, according to you as well. Oh, yeah, Skip Bayless. But, uh, you skip know, him in us. we talk about sports, pop culture, and nostalgia on halftime. And the thing about it is, is that it's Groundhog Day. So we need to talk about that movie. The classic, okay. I believe it was from 94, involving Bill Murray. And I put out a, a poll on Twitter, asking people what they thought. Let me see how that's going. Yeah, what is, what is the latest and greatest when it comes to that? Because last I saw, I told people that I rated that movie an A+. I'm not saying that Groundhog Day is one of my favorite movies of all time, like top five or top ten, but it's probably... I would put Groundhog Day in my top 50. I love that movie. Look at that, 53.8% of people who've responded have said... An A. Oh my God! You have a check mark there because you voted B. You gave Groundhog I Day didn't. a B. The station did. So who's that, Carl? I don't know. Rob, coming in at seventeen percent as a B, fifteen percent saying C, and fourteen percent of the people who there's a responded. lot of people that have access to this here at the station. Okay, so they gave him a D or F, and I'm gonna tell you what I I honestly don't believe that they believe it's a D or an F. They're coming back at me because I gave an F to the Warriors. That's your first movie. F. It was my first F. And my wife gave it the same letter grade. So that is a family decision right there. On oh, that man. Grade. I should have given it a C because that's what you gave Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> but Groundhog Day, it, 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 it's, it's one of the most important movies of the last 30 years. Now, keep in mind, I didn't say it's one of the greatest movies of the last 30 years. It's one of the most important movies because they actually teach college classes about this movie and like the philosophy behind it because of what Phil Connors has to go through to make himself a better person. And if you haven't seen that movie, it's about a guy who who's, who wakes up every day. He's a, he's a TV weather guy. Mm -hmm. And he wakes up every day on Groundhog Day and the day just repeats itself, repeats itself. And he ends up in this small town covering the Ponsatawney Phil. And what he ends up doing is, is that he gets to know about everybody in that town and he gets to know all about them. And uh, he's a bad person who's, who's learning life skills. He tries to kill himself, but still wakes up. Mm -hmm. And the question became, how long was he in that purgatory state? 
And mathematically, there was a lot of people think that he was probably there for over a thousand years. How else do you know everybody and know what everything's going to happen and learn to be learn to play piano and learn how to be do all sorts of things? It takes years, but it's a great, great movie. I'm a big fan of it. And the question came out. Someone asked me on Twitter, "Who is is this a top? Is this a top five Bill Murray movie?" Yeah, I think that it is. But let's go through some some of the candidates, okay? Caddyshack. One. A. With a bullet. Okay. Ghostbusters. B. Two. Scrooged. Five? What about Bob? Oh, I forgot about what about Bob. Four. Lost in Translation. It's a really good movie. Not my one of them, one, one of them needs to be kicked out. I would go ahead and assume that the one that gets kicked out is What About Bob, though it is a good movie. It's a great movie. From what I remember about it. Him I, and Richard Dreyfuss. Now, I'm a big fan of, of Bill Murray. I mean, Stripes. It, it's Stripes is, a, is, Stripes is a very, very good, bad movie. It's a great movie. But it's also really bad, but I enjoy it. It. I think that's what people thought that I was going to get when it came to The Warriors. They thought that I was going to think that it was a really good, bad movie. But it wasn't. It was a really bad, bad movie. That was that was worthy of Mystery Science Theater 3000, man. That I would have loved. Any good comments coming in? Uh, a couple. Uh, Frank Valdez says, what about Bob's Fire? It's his number one movie. Robert Salazar says, if Mike was in the Warriors movie, he would have been in the gang or the orphans or the Lizzies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the orphans, uh, they were not privileged enough to go to the summit the gang summit you know they they weren't hip enough they weren't uh take it as seriously so proof that i watched this movie that i know who the orphans are and i know who the lizzies are the lizzies uh try to seduce the warriors and end up shooting at them and i think hit two of them so yeah i'm sorry people saying the fact that you didn't say stripes first is flawed Come on, man. Caddyshack is one of his most iconic roles. And uh, you know what? I I would... S- man, let, okay, let's rank this. So, you, so your top five is what? Give me your five. All right, I'm going to go Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, What About Bob, Stripes. You already went five. Where's Groundhog Day? It's not there. Oh, ho, ho, breaking news. Breaking news. And that's only four. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say number one's Ghostbusters. My fifth, my fifth would be Zombieland. That's a, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Ghostbusters one for me. I have Caddyshack as two. Uh, I have Groundhog Day as three. Stripes as four, and I'll say Lost in Translation as five. And I do have a, I, I, I have a love and affection for the movie Scrooged, especially during the holiday season. Obviously, it's a it's a Christmas type of movie, uh, but Scrooge really I, tugs at the heart. I like that movie. But you mentioned Zombieland, mm-hmm. and, and during the commercial break, we were talking about these movies a little bit, and you were talking about that. And I asked the question, can you have a movie be considered one of your five best if you are only in it for a scene or two, if you steal a scene? Is Wedding Crashers a Will Ferrell movie? Because Will Ferrell's in there screaming, Mom, meatloaf! Yes, you it's know, a Will Ferrell movie it, because he is in it and it's some of his best work. Is Tropic Thunder a Tom Cruise movie because at the end it's revealed that he is the agent? No, I, I don't. To be honest, I forget Tom Cruise is even in that movie. 
But it was the big surprise. It was. But and, and again, we're. Again, I think of it as a Robert Downey Jr. movie, as a Ben Stiller movie, as. Yeah. Um, but but you you somehow think Will Ferrell is is a Wedding Crashers movie? Yes, because he's one of the most memorable parts of the movie. Dude, Tom Cruise was in this movie, and he was funny, dude. I completely forgot he was in that movie. The Bill Hader scenes? I mean, they were funny. I completely forgot he was in it. Okay. Interesting, but the Zombieland's a good movie. Zombieland's a fantastic movie, and I love him playing himself in that movie, even though it's for such a small portion of the movie. It's just some of his best work. (laughs) You know, it's funny. You were mentioning that I look like the Blair Witch Project right now because... Typically, I have an iPad. Do you consider Will Ferrell, um, uh, Zoolander a Will Ferrell movie? Because it's technically a Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson movie. Yeah, but he's a, he's a big enough of a character in that movie as Mugatu to... I, I had to think about that, but Mugatu. And, 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 Mugatu. He, and he's also throughout the movie in there. He's in the beginning of the I mean, He's the first scene of the movie mm-hmm. talking about how they needed to have... Uh, someone assassinate the prime minister of Malaysia. God, I can't believe I remember that. And then it goes all How the way. How can you all, not remember all, that? Uh, uh, Micronesia. What is this? A center for ants? <laughs> <laughs> is Zoolander a good movie? Reach out to us on Facebook or YouTube. How are we going to put the kids in school? It's too small. <laughs> the files are in the computer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got I to go to the. I got to go give the googly at the funeral. Lost in Translation is a drama, so get it out of the comedy category. It's not a comedy, comedy category. It's a Bill Murray yeah, category. Yeah, it's a Bill Murray. Like, do you uh, consider it a top five Bill Murray movie? Which is funny, because talk about Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is known for, you know, The Mask, and he's known for Ace Ventura, and all of these comedies, He's you know, and, and also the TV shows in Living Color. But his greatest movie of all time, his greatest work of all time, is The Truman Show, which oh, is not a comedy. so great. Which is not a comedy. And Rudy J., uh, we were talking about the Truman Show. He's never seen it. Really? You know, we he comes here and, and does the movie reviews with me on Wednesdays, and he likes to react. I want Rudy J in two weeks, when we come back to town, to give a Truman Show review. I do, too. I watched it again for the hundredth time about a week ago. It is great every time. My wife, though, does not like that movie. She falls asleep at it. I love Truman Show. I think it's a fantastic movie. It is so out of what we're used to seeing from Jim Carrey at the time mm-hmm. when we when we got it, but it also showed his diversity in, in his acting ability because I thought, he, like the, a the concept of the show was phenomenal. He won the Golden Globe for best acting in that movie. Did not even get a nomination for the Academy Awards. Okay, if he had if he had been nominated, did not win, to be like, well, okay, well, he at least got nominated. But didn't get a nomination. I have a question. Uh, as long as we're talking about Jim Carrey, what is your favorite in living color Jim Carrey skit? Oh, Fire Marshal Bill. I mean, that's what he's known best known for. To me, like I know he's best known for it. Yeah. And Elvira, the the female bodybuilder that's <laughs> yeah. on steroids, and uh, like he's got a bunch. But to me, my favorite was always the camera shy guy. <laughs> the dude that's just in the background, like that, reminds me of Jason Sudeikis back in the SNL days, Saturday Night Live, when he would do the dancing in the background. Yeah, and you'd be like, "Who's that dancing?" And then you'd be like, "Is that Jason Sudeikis? Did you ever see that?" 
Yeah. That was so amazing, man. But, you know, it, it's funny when people go outside the box. Uh, he did not get nominated for an Oscar that year. Ray Romano, you know, everybody loves Raymond, was incredible in a movie called The Big Sick. Oh, and yeah. And should have been nominated for something on that. Uh, Holly Hunter, I believe, is that movie as well. She should have been nominated for something on that. I mean, that movie ended up winning uh, an Academy Award as well. But from an acting standpoint... Those two were excellent in that movie, and Ray Romano in a dramatic role. Again, he doesn't get that love because he's a comedian. Comedians get no love, but they're the most versatile people out there in Hollywood because they can act, they can do comedy, they can do drama, they can do action. But you ask a, a dramatic actor to do comedy, they can't do it. They're one, they're one dimensional. But man, comedians out there these days, the Chris Rocks, the Kevin Hart's, the Mm-hmm. The, these are Swiss Army Knife type of people, type of performers. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting uh, called out by your uh, Tuesdays with Teague colleague. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, have you seen my my latest Instagram story? No, no. So I I was doing I was filming myself yesterday with the with the vibe with the bow tie and everything. Yeah. And one oh, of my, I did see that. I did see that. And one of my favorite looks is it all put together with the trench coat and everything, looking great. But then at the end, roll up the sleeves, undo the tie, suspenders. Yeah. Like it's just a clean look either way, up or down, however you dress it. And I was feeling it yesterday, so. You know, I posted a video of, like, one of my favorite things about the versatility of the outfit. Right. And Caroline Teague's, like, thirst trap. <laughs> I was like, that is not a thirst trap. That is just a vibe slash outfit of the day No, trap. it was a beyond a thirst trap. It was thirst trappy. And by the way, if you want to hang out with me and Pledge, we still have plans, even though it's going to be 20 degrees. Still have plans to go to North Star Mall and go shopping, because I need clothes for California. But we'll be out there, hopefully around 11 or 12 o'clock. If the roads are, are nice, but uh, Alexander Muschietti on our Facebook Live says Stripes one, Ghostbusters two, Meatballs three, Groundhog Day four, five, Caddyshack. I don't mind that. I, that that's actually a very good a very good makeup there. But the thing is, is that when it comes to like what his greatest roles are going to be, he will be he will be best known for Groundhog Day and Ghostbusters. Th- that's what he's going to be known for. Stripes is going to be an afterthought. Loss in Translation will be an, an afterthought as well. Hey, but uh, tonight, it's a big night for DeJounte Murray of the Spurs. I mean, yes, there's a game tonight. The Spurs take on the Heat. We still don't know if the game's still going on. We're assuming that it is. Uh, so few people are going to the game so that if uh, there there is a game pledge, we won't know if people were prevented from going because of the weather because it's been half empty most of the year. At least it looks that way uh, on TV. But uh, tonight... At 6 o'clock before tip-off, which is at 7.30, DeJounte Murray finds out whether or not he's named a reserve, uh, an all-star uh, to the all-star team as a, uh, as a backup, I guess you could say. The starters were already named. The reserves are being named today for both the Western Conference and Eastern Conference. Pledge has it at 50-50 chance. I have it as a 50-50 chance. I think he gets in as replacement, though. Which, by the way, for me... That is a big step forward from where I thought he was when the All-Star voting first came out. Yeah. When we first started, I was... You said 20% at that point. Yeah. So I've come up a long way in my thoughts of whether he's an All-Star or not, and I do believe he can be, and I kind of think he should be. I wonder what's going to happen with the Phoenix Suns players. 
are are both Devin Booker and Chris Paul going to make it? Last year, Chris Paul made it. Devin Booker was left out. Booker is not going to be left out this year. He he averages too many points. And the question became: Was Chris Paul named to the All Star team last year as a you know kind of just like an honorary thing for his whole career? Like like, like that like that's the reason why because he wasn't one of the best players at that point last year. He wasn't one of the four or five best guards at that point. Now he ended the season that way. But at that point, he wasn't. Was it a, a career thing? But, uh, man, I, I, I'm i very, very hopeful on DeJounte. Going to be honest with you, what I think is going to happen is that we're going to have a lot of very disappointed Spurs fans tonight that DeJounte Murray is not named to the team. But I think they'll be very happy within about 48 hours when he gets named as a replacement player. That's what I think is going to happen because Draymond so might not make it. Do you think that he is not named tonight, but someone pulls out and therefore he's the next call? That's my prediction. Now, don't get me wrong. I want him to make the All-Star team, and I think it's very possible that he does. So a he's going to be 50... the Kirk Cousins of the NBA no, All-Star game? No, 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 no. Please stop saying what? that, man. Because there's a difference in replacements between the NFL and the NBA. How? Because right now, if you were to say... That it was a it was a it was a decision between Donovan Mitchell and Dejounte Murray for the twelfth spot. Mm-hmm. That's a very conceivable possible thing that could yes. happen. Or it was between him and Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. Right? They are peers. They are one and two next to each other. But there's no way that you can say that that Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins are the same caliber. So they they took two in the starting lineup, two guards, right? Steph and. It Luke, was, uh, it wasn't Luca. It wasn't. It wasn't Luca. Uh, I wish I could look at my phone right now, but it, but it was it was valid though. It yes, was, it was yeah. Valid. But there were two starters, and the rest were forwards, right? I, right. So the backup guards probably Luka Doncic, um, Devin Booker, Devin Booker, and either Chris Paul. I think John or Morant. Donovan I think John Morant, was, John Morant the was the other starter. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So we look at it, and let's say there's two starters, right? Right. And then there's three backups. There might be four. Maybe four. And then one of them drops out, and all of the sudden, DeJounte's called in, right? Right. How is that any different from there's one starting quarterback, two, two, you get a backup. So right. is Tom Brady and uh, who else in the NFC? It was Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Right. And then they pull out due to injuries, and then Matt Stafford, but he's going to the Super Bowl, so he has to come out, and all of a sudden, it's Dak Prescott. He's resting an injury, so now it's Kirk Cousins. Okay. We're talking about five quarterbacks. It's the same amount of guards. Okay, no, it's completely different. It's not. It's completely different. It's because the same amount that because, you have to go be, through. Because there are 15 quarterbacks in the, NF- in the NFC right now. They have, Yeah, there's more than that. There's well, 15, 15 starters. starters. 15 starters, okay? Uh, when it comes, so so I'm glad that we that we use that. There's, let's talk about starters, okay? So you have 15 starters out there, and they named Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Kyler Murray to the Pro Bowl. Okay, right? That's the top three. So three. There's, and, so there's and, another one, and then they had Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. right? And then they had uh, uh, Dak Prescott. Then they had Russell Wilson, and then they had Kirk Cousins, right? So Kirk Cousins is sixth out of 15. Which makes him forty percentile mm-hmm. of starters. There are less teams in the NBA, so it, does, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Be- oh, because there, there, let, let, let's go that there's thirty guards that are starting, right? Because there's fifteen teams. Less. 12. There are less teams in the NBA. There's not twenty four teams. There's thirty. Okay, right. There's two less teams. 
Okay, so okay, so so half of so six out of sixteen puts him at at around a thirty five percentile. That that's that's Kirk Cousins. Okay, in the NBA, if there are fifteen teams, that means that they have and they they have two guards. That's thirty guards, right? Versus sixteen quarterbacks, right? Well, just go with me. Let me finish my thought. If there are thirty guards that are starting and he is ranked fifth or sixth. He's in the top 20 percentile of the guards in the NBA, 20 percentile of the West. To, to equate him with Kirk Cousins being 6th out of 15 and being the 40 percentile. And by the way, some of these quarterbacks aren't really, I mean, I mean, they're not really even really quarterbacks out there because, I mean, was Taysom Hill really a quarterback? Was Ian Book really a quarterback, right? So that being said, if if he is a replacement player, it's a bigger honor than Kirk Cousins. That is, man, that is slander, man. That is big time slander. When it comes to it all, the cream of the the cream of the crop goes to the the All Star team in the NBA. The NFL Pro Bowl is a joke. The game is this weekend. I will not watch one minute of it because it's a joke. True or false? Kirk Cousins has led his team to more playoff appearances than Dejounte Murray. What is? It's not a career achievement award. It's not a career achievement award. What does that have to do with anything? What? Uh, I'm just saying. They're, they're, Kirk Cousins has been closer to the league leader in passing yards than DeJounte Murray has in points among guards. Oh, my God. We're going to bookend this by quoting Mugatu. <laughs> it's like I'm freaking crazy pills here talking to you about this. Oh, my goodness. You know what? Let's talk a little bit more pop culture on the other side. <laughs> Good God. That's like... Like none of what you said made sense, and, and and I'm over here talking to you. You're completely disrespecting Dejounte Murray. I'm standing up for Dejounte Murray when it comes to this. You are completely just calling him the Kirk Cousins of the NBA. That is not right, man. This dude is one of the best point guards in the league, man. He is, and arguably the third best point guard in the West right now. He may not be the third most popular, but he's the third best. But you know what? We're gonna uh, Gary's on line one. We'll get to him in a second. We'll get to him on the other side. We have to, we have to go to a break here. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. We're gonna talk more about this. ESPN AM twelve fifty and one zero three three FM. It's halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN twelve fifty and one zero three three FM. Welcome back to Halftime, live from the QC Kinetic Studios here in San Antonio. You know what I call that pledge, that music right there? That is rock music right there. Duran Duran. It is New Wave. (laughs) But Duran Duran, one of the nominees for the 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're going to debate some of these nominees in a moment. But Gary's on line one. What's going on, Gary? You were saying that the y'all were saying that the Pro Bowl is a joke. Whoa, whoa, whoa. y'all's too many people. <laughs> okay, well, it was said that the Pro Bowl is a joke. 
to a certain degree, but it's a, it's a fan's dream. You get to see dream matchups like Aaron Rodgers throw the ball to DK Metcalf. I mean, you know what I mean? Imagine your favorite team. Who would you like to see Dak Prescott throwing the ball to or the quarterback of the Texans throwing the ball to? You know what I'm saying? This is when you get that chance to possibly see that. No, the th- I, I agree with you, Gary. Here's the thing. The Pro Bowl was not a joke years ago because the actual Pro Bowlers went – but what's happening right now is they get named, they get honored by being named to the Pro Bowl, but then they don't go. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers, who will probably be the MVP this year in the NFL. He's not going. He was named to the Pro Bowl. He's not going. Tom Brady was also named to the Pro Bowl. It'd be nice to see him out there now that he has retired. You know, take one last bow and 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 get those cheers out there. He's not going. Dak Prescott was named as an alternate. He's not going. So that's why I'm saying it's a joke, because what's going on right now isn't what's going on when you and I were fans of the Pro Bowl 10, 20, 30 years ago, where the stars actually went. When Troy would go, when Emmett would go, when Barry Sanders would go, it was an honor for them, and they would go. But nowadays, they're just not there anymore, man. You You're mean getting you, Kirk Cousins as a quarterback for the NFC. You mean you don't want to see the dream matchup of Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to... To C.D. Lamb. I mean... <laughs> You know, and, and congratulations to C.D. Lamb. Okay, he's a great player. He's a great player. And congratulations to him. It's going to be his first Pro Bowl. But I don't want to see that. Because what I want to see is back in the day, the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl. So you would actually see some of these star players also, you know, that were in the Super Bowl go out there. You know, I, I want to see, you know, Aaron Rodgers throw the ball to Cooper Cup. I want to see, you know, Pat Mahomes throw the ball to Jamar Chase. But these guys aren't going, and that's the problem. But uh, another problem that we were talking about here, going to pop culture, because again, here at halftime, we talk sports, pop culture, nostalgia. You know, we're we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants today because the lights went out here at the studio, <laughs> and uh, they were out for the first forty-five minutes because of the weather. I'm assuming the generator kicked in, but the lights were off in in much of the building, including the studio here. And uh, during the break, I was like, hey, Pledge, have you seen the nominations for the 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I didn't, but you said the first one, and I immediately took umbrage with it. <laughs> well, okay, okay. So the first nominee, nominee that's out there, which, by the way, shows that we are old, okay? Oh, God. Because in order to be considered for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you had to have been out for 25 years. Are you telling me it's been 25 years since Eminem first dropped an album? Eminem, who's playing the halftime show at the Super Bowl this year, is is a nominee for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. His first album came out in like ninety seven. Man, the Marshall ninety nine, yeah. the Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah, uh, or no, no, that was the Slim Shady LP. Marshall Mathers LP was his second album drop. So, along with Eminem being considered is Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, okay, Duran Duran, Umbridge, Umbridge, Beck. Pat Benatar, Carly Simon, A Tribe Called Quest, Kate Bush, Devo, Judas Priest, The Eurythmics, MC5, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, and Dionne Warwick. I think what you're thinking is, is that out of those, I don't know, 12, 15 names that I mentioned there, that maybe only four of them are what you would consider to be a rock band. I mean, Pat Benatar, Judas Priest, Rage Against the Machine. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and uh, maybe Beck. Yeah, I could see Beck. So alternative rock. Yeah. 
So that's the thing. You have a problem. You have umbrage with this. I, I took umbrage with a lot of this. Dolly Parton goes into the Country Music Hall of Fame. The Grand Ole Opry. Like, that's where Dolly Parton belongs. Eminem belongs in the Rap or Hip Hop Hall of Fame. Like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should be for the rock and roll artists. Now, the thing is, though, is that rock music comes from R&B. That's, that's the genesis Rhythm of Rhythm and blues. Right. It comes from that. I mean, all the things that Elvis did, he wasn't new to it. Black musicians were doing it first. He was the king first. of rock and roll. Black musicians were doing it first. I mean, we're talking about Eminem. Eminem talks about, about uh, Elvis doing what black people do in, in one of his songs. I forgot which song it was, but he, he makes reference to that point. He goes, you know, I'll do that too. It's, it's, uh, real Slim Shady. Mm-hmm. And and the thing about that is is that R and B was the the is the ground R and B is is where it all started right blues music R and B music so because of that I can see why people like Lionel Richie would be considered a tribe called Quest would be considered because again it just grows from that family tree we cannot classify certain genres as certain genres and then say they're all one at the end of it hey we all come from the same place man <laughs> it's not and true all, that's all, like all, saying you and i have something in common and every single listener has something in common that's we like all, saying the we, pro we, football hall of fame like we're gonna start letting in soccer players because you know soccer is basically just football oh man it's a different sport man it's not it's the, it comes from kicking the ball which is a, what football is man music is all the same four chords anyway man <laughs> you and i have something in common we either come from the middle east or we come from africa that's where people come from dude you know so that's the thing is that i can see this and it makes the rock and roll hall of fame even more exciting because if i was to ask you this name me some good rock bands that came out in the last 10 or 15 years i'm hard there pressed to find them yeah they don't exist anymore man if you look at rock bands of the 60s, I can name you 10 or 15, 20 great bands of the 60s. I can do the same for the 70s. The 80s, I mean, the 80s was a lot of new wave, right? A lot of new wave. There were some some rock bands out there, a lot of hair metal, but I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of hair metal. I don't consider that to be rock music. Well, it is rock music. I just don't consider it to be good rock music. <laughs> Which, by the way, last night... Now my, you're picking and choosing what yeah, rock music is? Yeah. Last night, my, wa my wife and I were watching uh, the... It's all the same, except hair metal, because I don't like it. Pa Pam and Tommy, the, the new... The uh, hypocrite. The, 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 the new series that's on Hulu right now. We watched about 10 minutes of it, and I was like, turn it off. Oh, you don't like Sebastian Stan? Who is that? Is, is Seth Rogen in that movie? On that know. show, I don't know if he is or not. He but, may be like one of the ancillary characters. But but basically, it's I, I, from what I understand, from what I've read, it, it revolves around the sex tape that mm -hmm. that Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee had, mm -hmm. and that it was apparently taken from somebody who worked uh, at at their home. And my wife and I were watching about ten or fifteen minutes of it, and she goes that she's going to continue continue watching it without me. But I had no interest. Why? Because I hate hair metal. I hate all of it. I don't consider. I don't consider. Yes, certain... apparently Seth Rogen is in the show. Yeah, I, I want people He's are really wondering... skinny. He's really skinny. That's why I couldn't tell if it was him or not. People are also wondering if the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will let Pete Rose in. <laughs> wow, <laughs> dude! I went to Vegas one time and I saw Pete Rose at the, get his at, at the corner of a hotel signing autographs 
for like six people in line. It was so bad. Did you get it? It was so bad. Did no, get- I, I didn't get it because I wasn't going to spend 150 bucks for that. You know, he can have 4,000 hits. Don't care. I'm not spending 150 bucks for him to to do that. Though he does belong in the Hall of Fame. Take a look at this list here. Eminem, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, Duran Duran, Beck, Pat Benatar. Congratulations to all you guys. Judas Priest, Rage Against the Machine. They're probably going to name five because last year they named a handful. Tina Turner made it last year along with the Go-Go's, Jay-Z, the Foo Fighters, and Carol King. I mean, so the question is Carol King, mostly known for her writing, right? Lionel Richie, mm-hmm. known for both performance and writing. But I don't mind that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has different genres in there because it all came has origins from blues, has origins from jazz and R&B. Is Mozart in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, Mozart is called classical music. No, but it's all from the same, you said. It's not American. The acquired hypocrite, got it. It is not American. (laughs) Okay, American music, you know, we're talking about jazz. We're talking about the stuff that you hear in New Orleans. But the Beatles are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, aren't they? They are. They are. They're not American. They play rock music, however. But they're not American. They play rock music. It is not the American Hall of Fame. But you said all fame. the music's the same. It is not the American Hall of Fame, dude. You know what? I'm going to throw my phone through the window right now. Because I'm and, calling out your, no, your BS? You, you, you are just nitpicking everything today. <sighs> <laughs> you know, we'll debate this more. The Kielbasa Bacon <laughs> phone lines are open at 656-ESPN. You want to talk about any of this? Do you believe Eminem belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Are you okay with Duran Duran being there? I mean, at least Duran Duran has musical instruments, man. It is new wave, mm-hmm. but they played instruments. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, but man, you have completely flustered me today. First, it was the <laughs> lack of electricity in this building, and now that's not my fault. You cannot put that on me. <laughs> well, no, don't you, you put it on me, Ricky you Bobby? Have, you have compounded this. You're going to beat me like I'm a Bronco. (laughs) Tex Guerrero comes out on YouTube and says, this would be a never-ending debate. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. We're going to put a bow on the show on the other side and try to figure out how to fill nine minutes. This is halftime, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. This is Jason Minnick. Get home with me and Joe Reinagle this afternoon, 4 till 7. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. We're live from the QC Kinetic Studios. Is this rock and roll? This is rock and roll. You know, first of all, I had a factual error earlier. Typically, I have a laptop out. You know, with with some notes. Mm-hmm. I said tip off for the Spurs game tonight was seven thirty. Incorrect. It's nope. 6, six p.m. against the Miami Heat. Again, tip off at six p.m. If you show up at seven thirty, it'd be midway through the third. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> this has been an interesting show. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to have Tylenol sponsor the next because <laughs> I have a headache debating you. Debating some. I mean, you are in here. One minute ago, asking me, why isn't NSYNC in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah. And then you asked me about, like, Hispanic musicians. And, you know, like, someone someone reached out and asked, well, are there any Latinos in there? Well, Selena's not in there. He's like, why isn't Selena in there? Yeah. I don't know. But Carlos Santana is. You know, Joan Baez is. Richie Valens, though, is not. Brian Flores against the NFL 
trying to shine light on something. I think we should shine a light on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the lack of diversity in letting Latinos in. Dude, there's lack of diversity in all things, man. And you take a look at, like, Hollywood right now, which you would think, oh, it's very liberal Hollywood. No, a bunch of old people vote for things. That's why I don't take a lot of stock in the Grammys or the Oscars or anything like that. They don't, I mean, it's it's predominantly non-minority people who vote on this. Just is what it is. You know, but when it comes to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I thought it was kind of funny because you did bring up boy bands. And, uh, you know, can a boy band be in there? What would be the, the first boy band in there? I believe the Jackson 5 is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So we already have one boy band in there, but that's a family band. But um, I would think the next one in, correct me if I'm wrong, would have to be New Edition. I'll correct you. Without New Edition... There is no, there is there is no boys to men. I mean, if you want to have another boy band that should be on there, boys to men should be. I think boys to men did go in, didn't they? And and they and and if they haven't already, they should be already, because boys to men. I mean, they dominated. They were like the Dallas Cowboys. They dominated from like ninety two to ninety six, and then were never heard from again. But uh, let's see here, boys to men. What will boys to men be inducted into the into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Dude, I mean, Boys to Men. I mean, they had records there that mm-hmm. were for for most number ones in a row. Most Motown number, Philly mo, two, uh, the, the two albums, amazing. But we're talking about that that ballad that they sang with uh, Mariah Carey that was topping the charts for a record number of weeks. Outstanding, man. But you know, it's a, it's an interesting conversation to have. But what's funny about this is that people are commenting on Facebook Live and on YouTube and on Twitter right now. Say that we're arguing with each other, we're bickering with each other. You should see us at the Rue Pub <laughs> after a few cocktails, talking about the exact same type of conversations. We just go at each other, and it's nothing. You're, we're not angry at each no. other, but you just know how to like get under my skin to like not piss me off, but make me annoyed in a way where I'm laughing. And it's not that I don't dis- uh, uh, agree with you. Sometimes I do. It's just. I can find a hole in your argument. I know you're coming over here. You're like, I think Beethoven's a first year Hall of Famer, man. Oh, first ballot, one hundred percent. First ballot, man. I'm like, okay, yeah. And then we're gonna be over here saying that, uh, you know, uh, opera singers should now be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Come on, you did say that rock and roll is a derivative of all these genres. I, I think it's what's considered to be contemporary music. That's what it is. It's a contemporary. Okay, they don't call it. They don't call it the contemporary hall rock and roll hall of fame. But that's basically what it is. It's basically 1930 and beyond, man. That's that's what it is. Tex Guerrero says they should just call it the music hall of fame. I agree with that. Well, that is not fancy, and that doesn't sell tickets. Why is it in <laughs> Cleveland? Because Cleveland rocks. Well, I've been told. Yeah, that's what Drew Carey <laughs> said a long time ago. <laughs> God, I have such a headache, Pledge. I hadn't done radio with you in a while, and right now, I feel like I pounded my head on this table four <laughs> times already, man. Jeez. You're welcome. Jason Minix, Joe Reining will be back at 4 o'clock for the Blitz from 4 to 7. They'll be doing it from home. We had to come in, but we they're doing it from home. Uh, hey, every guy, everybody, be safe out there. Get home safely. Drive slowly. Be a good driver out there, and don't be on the road if you don't have to be. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM.